Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brittle Gash, coming at you from San Jose, California, by way of Sydney, Australia. With me, as always, from long distance, back in Newcastle, Australia, one of the savvy vets of this podcast, it is Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Jackson, what's up? Not much, man. Just trying to hear you guys over all the lawnmowers in my street as it is midday <laughs> on, a, on a Saturday here. But we'll make do, and I'm very well, man. Very jealous of your U.S. trip so far, man. For, the, for the, everyone who's not savvy, Ben's been sending me courtside videos of Steph Curry, LeBron James, James Harden. Soon about to send me some Celtics ones uh, in the next couple of days, but uh, you make me very jealous, man. But uh, looks like you're having a ball. Yeah, man, I'm, ha- I'm having a good time. Thanks. And look, unfortunately, Joe, he's a late scratch from this one, probably because it's the middle of a beautiful warm day over there in New Zealand. But sometimes we like to bring new guests on this show. And tonight we have a newbie. It is Chase or ZethroYT on Reddit, a Massachusetts native. Only the second mass native we've had on this podcast, which is odd given that we're a Celtics podcast. But anyway, welcome, Chase. How's it going? I don't have any lawnmowers in my back here. Uh, nine o'clock, so I don't think anyone should be really mowing the lawn at this time. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> hopefully not. I'm only the, the second the Massachusetts native. On yeah, this yeah, yeah. So uh, Leet Speak, who's a, a mod on um, on Celtics Reddit, she's come oh, okay. on a couple of times. As far as I know, she uh, she's a Mass native. So yeah, you're you're upping yeah. you're upping our credibility with the Celtics community <laughs> by having a Bostonian or a Massachusetts uh, dweller on here. So thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. No yeah, problem, yeah. No thanks problem. for coming on. So look, coming up on the show as always, we'll look at some of the top content from Celtics Reddit over the past week. We'll Take a look at some of the news from around the Celtics team and, of course, look at the games ahead. Please follow us on uh, Twitter at CelticRedipod. Email us at CelticRedipod at gmail.com or, sorry, gmail.com or really just comment <laughs> on the uh, the Reddit thread that we post this episode to uh, and maybe we'll shout out your comments in future episodes. So, in uh, what feels like a rare victory, we had the 101-95 to win over the OKC Thunder, possibly thanks to Russell Westbrook. Uh, guys, how are we feeling about this win? Um, d- d- is it just me or did it feel like it was a copy and pasted effort from last season when we were <laughs> constantly down, constantly looking dead and buried and then for somehow uh-huh. we just got it together and turned it out and for some reason we always seem to do this against Oklahoma City or maybe I should say Oklahoma City always finds a way to just, just choke the game away um, against us. That's like three in a row now that they really should have won 
and they uh, and they didn't. But um, I, I said this to Joe on our chat, and I said this on the, I think the game thread as well, at, like halftime and at full time. So I was obviously very happy with myself over it. I said um, yeah. if that was a decent team we were up against, like that game would have been just dead and buried at the half. Like they should have been up thirty really because we it was borderline like absurdly surreal how the shots weren't going in. Like we had like Kyrie missed two free throws at the line. There were that many just rimmed out shots and just no one, I think Tatum was okay, like shooting wise, but no one else could get it going. And I just thought there was some sort of like curse on the basketball. So the fact that they didn't close the door and they just let us get back into it with, with, with where this absurd amount of shooting on the other end of the spectrum just came from. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it feels good, but I mean, yeah, obviously not the performance again that we wanted at least for the first half i agree i think for some reason westbrook always tries to play like hero ball even though like they're winning and then he just chokes it away and just come back and win uh with marcus morris always hitting that three-pointer to uh come back Mm. yeah i don't know why russell westbrook does that all the time versus us uh, all the time i don't know why but he does yeah, I mean, it was a real, we like to say on this podcast, real bedshitting there by uh, Russell Westbrook uh, late <laughs> in the game. I mean, there's so many opportunities to move the ball. You know, you've got Paul George on the squad there and, and many other capable players, and yet he decided to take it upon himself to, to lose the game for the OKC Thunder. So yeah, I guess it kind of takes me back to, you know, whether or not we have our improvement, uh, an improvement in our play to, to thank for winning this game, or if we have Russell Westbrook um, doing Westbrook <laughs> things to, to thank, I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, we came away with the win, and um, that's that's the main thing, I guess. I was gonna I the um I was gonna say the um the disparity in the shooting between the first half and the second half. I just off the top, I didn't look up the stats, but like on the top of my head, like it must be like close to some of the largest disparities for a team that ended up winning a game probably in NBA history. It might not be. I might be totally off on this, but like, God, it just felt like with the amount of shots that weren't falling in versus the amount of shots that were going in, particularly in the third, like, does anyone have numbers to back that up for me? Because it felt like it was, it was ridiculous that the difference in the halves. Yeah, I mean, I I have these numbers up here. I've just I've kind of got two tabs open with uh one one tab being the first half and the second being the second half. So we shot total thirty one point eight percent from the field, uh, team wide in the first half. Second half forty five. So <laughs> I mean, forty five. That's not like elite lights no. out shooting, but um, it is at least average. And you would expect a team like this to be at least average throughout a game. So it's good that we could at least elevate ourselves to that level but i think where we're really above average is defensively like if you look at our defensive rating we are by far the the top defensive team in the league and and probably the only team based on these new defensive rules that the refs are being really harsh on the only team that seems to be able to hold any other team under 100 points per game so once we start hitting our shots i think that's probably going to be a really positive thing for us i think so too i just i don't know um you always see like kyrie irving when he gets like the new foul, how like the refs are calling that, he always starts complaining. Um, but I think the team will get used to the new foul calls eventually, and the defense will get better over time. I don't think it's like where it should be, especially with how last year we were playing uh, really well on the defensive side. Uh-huh. But I think over time it'll get better to like the form that we had. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of people freaking out on Reddit and Twitter and, and kind of everywhere. Um, about how this team is not really living up to expectations, but it's super early days and it's it's different to last year. You know, like we we have 
our our big three, we've got uh, Horford, who I, I believe is our best player. We have Kyrie Irving coming off an injury, and we have Gordon Hayward coming off a, a ridiculous injury. And we've got Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, who are two young guys. Like, I remember being... 20 and thinking you know <laughs> thinking that i was the shit and like put yourself in, in that situation being 20 you play for an, a high caliber nba team you've got millions of dollars like of course you're gonna think you're the man and we've essentially got five guys in our starting lineup who, who feel that way and of course it's gonna take time for us to to calibrate or recalibrate and, and get to a position where we can play the kind of basketball that we're supposed to but unfortunately now we're just not at that point and while I'd like to say that it was some sort of turnaround that, that led us to win this game, I really think it was just a... I'm going to go back to that term of a bedshitting by OKC that, that gifted us the win. So, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, we can we can trend in the right direction from here. I, Sorry, I, Jackson. That's okay, man. I still think it's probably 50-50 because I think, like I said, a decent team should have closed that out. But for uh-huh. me, like the biggest positive I got out of that game by miles was we saw how bad the shooting was. We saw that there was obviously some mental block team-wide that was going on, maybe with the exception of Tatum, in that first half. And we were able to come out of it. Like, the, the, the normally, it feels like those games where you just you can't shoot. Like, it, it just it goes for the whole time. And by the time you do get some points up, the other team's so far out of, out of sight and it's garbage time and whatnot. So, for me, for us to still... For us to be able to find it and turn it on halfway through a game outscored them what 40 to 23 in the third quarter after after yep. the atrocities that were happening in the first that's a mm-hmm. really big big tick for me that that for me says that this team is not totally in their own head or if they are they're capable of getting out of it mid-game and 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 then we still got the win and again i i don't think oklahoma city is very good by any metric at the moment whether it's russell westbrook taking ill-advised shots or whether it's not being able to close out a game um but i'm still i'm very encouraged seeing that that fight that determination that spirit to come back like we saw so many times last year is still very obviously still very much there and i really really like that our third quarter is like this year i've been pretty good though right for the most part like, yeah, try to remember. Yeah, generally, myself, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it seems like it takes that long for us to kind of wake up and realize that it's not going to be this this ISO offense that's going to get us a win, and we actually have to move the ball. And on on that ISO offense, I was listening to the Locked On podcast. I, I guess the I hate to say it, the, the premier Celtics podcast, uh, and John Corrales <laughs> had a really good point um, along the lines of our ball movement is suffering because most or all of our starting five are better than the defender in front of them. So, you know, in offense, you kind of want to find an individual possession that will exploit a defensive mismatch. But on any given night, potentially all five of the guys we have on the court to begin a game can can exploit that defensive mismatch. They they are better than the defender in front of them. And so that's what potentially is leading us to this ISO-heavy offense. So maybe you're right, Chase. Like, it, it takes us until the third quarter to get to a point where we realize that that's actually not good enough. That's not good enough to get a win. And then we start to actually move the ball like a proper basketball team. So I I thought that was a good call out by John Corrales. Well, I would like, hopefully that's kind of, that might be our season in a microcosm, you know, right now we're in the first (laughs) quarter right now, the shots on falling, everyone's frustrated. What's going on? It looks like the season's getting away. And then hopefully around about, you know, maybe Christmas, maybe all-star break. Then we see, you know, the, 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 the NOS, 
gets flicked, then we just start charging nice. towards it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to think of, I was going to say anything, but for some reason, I just thought of Vin Diesel, and then that just came through. Um, so yeah, no. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that that extrapolates to our season as a whole. This whole struggling at the beginning, but finishing hot or fin- coming good later on is anyway. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, hopefully that's the case, but uh, we'll see. It's early days. I, w- I wouldn't panic yet, people. Um, certainly not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like not. somehow we're, we're three and two, even though we, I feel like we should be one and four, where we're somehow three and two. So it's all right. So I don't know. Look, a couple of other talking points here. I've listed here Jason Tatum versus the rest of the team because, of, you know, hitting shots has been uh, a, a contentious point for this team, a, a point of difficulty for this team where, you know, we've got these five elite players and yet none of them are really hitting shots consistently except for Jason Tatum, who who seems to have taken on this sort of alpha role among the team, which uh, I hope sort of smoothens out as we uh, as we find a rhythm as a team. But um, I don't know, like I, I don't... I couldn't really have um, forecasted this. You know what I mean? Like, if you could have talked about how the, the dynamic of the team would have worked prior to the season, it's like these these five guys who are very good and, and Kyrie is kind of the, the figurehead of this offense, of this team. And now, all of a sudden, it's like Jason Tatum, this guy who we drafted, who's the second-year player, is kind of like, he's, he's streaking ahead of the rest of the guys on that team and sort of taking this alpha role and... I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know if we're going to experience long-term success with um, with with that as, um, I guess, with us initiating that strategy. I don't know. How do you, how do you guys feel about that? It, it's the Mamba mentality, man. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, you got to believe <laughs> in the Mamba Kobe. mentality. Yeah, Kobe got all up in his head, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I like it. Yeah. It's, like, good. It's, like, bad. I can't. There's a lot of ISO shots he's taking, like, deep twos. Um, but he's been making them so far, and he's been leading our offense so i can't really complain yeah but yeah yeah once those shots like stop dropping i think we need to get back to how we were last year moving the ball and getting open guys you know yeah I'm, I'm i got very mixed feelings as well too because obviously i think you want the team to come first and foremost and you want to see that ball movement you want to see the smart shots you want to see everyone you know eat so to so to speak um and i think that's ultimately going to be best for the team however if you think about like the long-term future like if we could get with wait if, if jason tatum can get to a point in his career where he's one of the best players in the league, which I think we all believe, but we don't want to be, you know, yeah. we don't go up too far over the top here. Like MVP, caliber, all-star, you name it. If if it takes Jason Tatum being a little bit more alpha, being a bit more ISO, being a bit more ball dominant, put the team on his back, even if it's just in stretches early mm-hmm. in this season, yeah. then I, th- I think I'm for it. You know, I don't want to see, I, I want, again, I'll reiterate, I want the team to come first. I want everyone to score. I want it to be balanced pretty you name it but if Tatum's going to be the guy that we all hope he can be maybe this kind of spell of putting the team on his back a little bit and getting those shots and being the standout player maybe that's really good for him and maybe that's really good in turn for the Celtics in the future if he's going to be our guy going forward which I think we're all pretty certain he will be yeah I mean he certainly looks that way um Jalen Brown, on the other hand, how how are you guys feeling about Jalen Brown? I don't think he's really delivered on expectations it's like the so far. This year. Of, it's like oh, the man. opposite of Tatum. <laughs> doesn't, I don't know doesn't where know. to start with Jalen. Yeah, well, I mean, if you had to start somewhere, um, oh. <laughs> have you got a, have you got a, just, a Jalen Brown related take? No, no movement at all. I don't know. He just kind of seems lost on offense. Um, his defense has been the same as it was last year, like just decent, like just good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he just seems lost on offense. Doesn't know 
what his role is really with Hayward being back. I feel like they have like similar game or play styles. Uh-huh. Um, I think like just Jalen needs to kind of be our Clay Thompson a little bit, just catch and shoot threes nice. and transition threes. <laughs> Um, but he hasn't he hasn't been shooting well either for um, for him to be our Clay Thompson. So yeah, neither has Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I um I, I'm starting to wonder whether the the key to all this uh, changing or moving forward or getting better is is uh, the the starting lineup change. I, I I'm starting to think yeah. we should really be bringing Jalen or Gordon Hayward off the bench and starting Baines, pushing Horford over to the power forward or or, or whatever. Yeah. I think I sooner or later that's going to happen. I think sooner or later that's going to yield results because I think Jalen. I think I think it'd be a toss up between who kind of needs the confidence more at the moment, whether it's Hayward or whether it's Brown. I'd probably err slightly on the side of Hayward because he's still dealing with all the the demons that come from you know almost you know a career ending injury. So I probably I'd probably start Jalen at the guard and then bring Hayward off the bench. But I think mm-hmm. one of those guys. I think that's got to change, and I think I think it'll get better once we do. I think so too. I think you should just bring Gordon Hayward off the bench right now. Let him get his footing, um, with the, uh, bench. The mm-hmm. uh, what were they call him again? The bench BWA. Yeah. BWA. BWA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let him be the uh, primary scorer and just let him get back into the flow of things and see if Jalen can, with the starting five, get into a kind of a rhythm. Uh, see if he can get back to his game. Mm. Yeah. And if not, I think you just switch him back out. Have Brown go on the bench, and eventually, when Gordon comes back to his normal style, he. He can come back to the starting five. I think that would be good, but yeah, I, I'm not Brad Stevens, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish any of us were Brad Stevens. This podcast would be much more interesting. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I could earn a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I like that idea. I, I think it's um, it's not like kosher because like Gordon Hayward's on a, a max contract, and to bring him off the bench, albeit temporarily, it just seems odd to be you know, taking the guy that you're paying the most money and, and bringing him off the bench in limited minutes. But I do think that's probably the ultimate way to to re-engage our starting five offensively, but also to allow Gordon Hayward to sort of um, find his rhythm a little bit there. So, yeah, an interesting point. I do think going going back to the, the alpha thing, I think that Brad Stevens needs to be the alpha. For for a team like this to, to come together and find a rhythm um as a as a singular unit and find you know synergy and all those i'm on a work trip so synergy and all of these work <laughs> terms are sort of flowing around my head but um i i think that it has to be everyone needs to be looking to brad stevens which maybe seems like an obvious call out to make given that he is the coach but i don't think that we can be looking to any one player especially when there hasn't really been much of a hot hand to go to at this point i think it needs to be brad stevens and and these guys really need to buy into the system uh, sort of a la 04 Pistons um, for this team to, to find any success and they probably need yeah. to forget about their individual stats a little bit which can be difficult given that Tatum hung out with Kobe over the offseason Jalen Brown hung out with Tracy McGrady over the offseason Ro- Rozier's trying to get a contract yeah, yeah yeah and he's got he's like you know he's awesome awesome shoes which I'll, I'll never not, not bring <laughs> oh, up on this podcast I <laughs> fucking love those shoes but um, <laughs> anyway I digress um Sorry, Joseph just uh, sent us a message, which is completely... Uh... Guys, I think the Bucks are real. <laughs> jo- Joseph-, Joseph is not on this uh, on this podcast. I th- he said he was busy, but I think it's because he's watching the Bucks game. He's just messaged us and said, I think the Bucks are real. Um, that's for another Ooh, podcast. Bucks are real. I, which, oh, I, which I've been banging the, the, bu- the Bucks drum. That sounds really dirty the way I said that. No, I've been on the Bucks train for, <laughs> since, since preseason, so I'll, um, I'll reluctantly... 
be happy with that. <laughs> you mean Giannis yeah. is real? I don't believe in the whole Bucks uh, team nah. right now. Like, I, I, I just Giannis is just a monster, yeah. man. Nah, dude. I, for me, they're a point guard away from being for real, and like a point guard yep. could end up being Terry Rozier, which would be very weird. But yeah, Oof, yeah, spicy. <laughs> he, he's averaging like he hasn't had a game yet under 15 rebounds. This is his career high in rebounds. He's like actually just going off yeah. right now on every single team he's facing. But I think he's nailed on yeah. for MVP. But again, I think we're digressing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we we will face the Bucks at some point, and then we'll have to talk about them, whether we like it or not. It's like um, in a week, isn't it? It's like. I believe Wednesday, so. It's coming up Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thursday, we, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Better get our shit together before that game. Now, uh, the MVP of the game, which is something that we like to call out uh, per episode on the show. Look, obviously, it's Mook Morris. Uh, I, if you watch the game, I, I don't need to explain why, but the Flask Dad, Marcus Morris, was just super clutch. And uh, as we started to maybe tailspin out of a momentum that we found early in the third quarter. Marcus Morris sort of provided the steadying presence, which carried us through to the end of the third quarter, along with some nice sort of uh, Terry Rogier defense. There was a steal there that led to the bucket that got us the tie. Yeah. But it was Marcus Morris who continued to hit those threes and continued to put us in a position to win, along with Russell Westbrook, uh, dare, dare I say it again. Um, so I'm just going to bring up his stats here. Um, where is he? Okay, Marcus Morris, uh, 5 for 10. Four for five from beyond the arc, seven for eight uh, from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, and one assist, which is actually incredible for Marcus Morris, uh, and 21 points. So, um, yeah, the Flask dad, he uh, he really uh, he really stepped up and maybe potential early six-man candidate. What do you guys think? Six-man of the year candidate, rather. Yeah, man, I'd love to. I'd love to see him win Sixth Man of the Year. He's, I mean, he's the way he's performing so far definitely implies that he's capable of it. Um, he's really becoming a key piece of this team, particularly off the bench, um, with his shooting. And um, for whatever reason, I think there's the, maybe the anti-Mook sentiments might be starting to fade away. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's very. Um, I think he's underrated in what he brings to this team, and I think people are starting to um, maybe appreciate him just a little bit more. I really feel bad for Morris because, like, he'll have these games where, like, then the Celtics Reddit just, like, puts him on a pedestal and they're like, yes, this is the Marcus Morris that we wanted. And then when he starts, like, missing shots, they just trash on him, which I, I, like, I don't think he deserves it because his defense is, like, not as good as Marcus Smart's, but it's still really solid. So he does have, like, something that he can bring to the team when his shots aren't hitting. Um, I think right now... I think he's better than Rozier right now for like six man for our team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly think he's probably top two in terms of uh, ISOs on our team as well. Uh, especially right now, since Kyrie's not off to a great start. I think it's Morris and Tatum that are really good ISO players. Yeah. So I like Morris a lot. I, I agree. I think he's a key part to our team. And he, should be, uh, he shouldn't be as trash as he is, you know? Yeah, I feel like the main difference in his game between last year and this year is that his shots are going down. <laughs> like, he's always yeah. he's always ISO'd, he's always kind of... And you can see it in his eyes. He gets the ball and he's like, all right, like the, the ball yeah, movement stops it. now. <laughs> I'm taking my shot. <laughs> um, but he's making them, so whatever. I don't know. I'm happy with that as long as he continues to make them, given that hardly anyone else on the team is, is making shots. Uh, I hadn't included this in the in the Reddit um, shout-out section of the show, which we'll get to in a little bit, but user Uncreative posted, I feel like Mook isn't getting enough love, and it's like one of the most upvoted posts 
on the sub over the past few days. He writes, he's really shifted his game more to being a 3 and D type player rather than the chucker we needed him to be last year. He's taking more threes, less mid-range, and playing off the stars like a stud role player. On top of that, he's rebounding the ball really well and playing stud defense. So there's heaps of upvotes and heaps of comments on that thread to the affirmative. So... If you're feeling like Book Morris isn't getting enough love, um, take a stroll through that thread because there's plenty of plenty of it within. Yeah. Before he, before he goes like two of eleven in a, in a, in the near future and everything changes because <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. it's coming. You know yeah, it's going to happen. This is a moment in time. But this is a, this yeah, is a moment you, in time. For me, I'm happy to take the off nights with the good nights because uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm biased, but I just I remember I remember his good performance. I forget his bad ones. So yeah. Yeah, I thought he had like a really solid season last year, but everyone remembers like his playoff performance, which kind of dipped a lot. Yeah, and they like, only seem to remember that. But he was a solid piece for us last year, so I don't know why people forget that. But it's recency bias, I guess. <laughs> hopefully, he can prove it this postseason if we get there. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Well, man, I hope that we get there. Yeah, I, I hope we get there. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be bad. That'd be bad. Cool. So, all right, before we move on to the Reddit recap section of this podcast or any other parts of the game against OKC or the games prior that you guys want to uh want to cover I, I had a thought just after the um after the Orlando game we had we've had one really good performance and one really good result against Oklahoma City uh, Oklahoma, against Philly we uh, had one uh good performance in my opinion but a bad result in the Toronto game we had yeah. one bad performance with a good result with the Knicks and we had a bad result and a bad performance with the Magic so I feel like mm-hmm. we've seen kind of like the full gamut of 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 experiences you can have watching yeah. the Celtics team and it just screams that yeah we don't know really know what we're doing yet we don't really have our have our shit together so to speak because I mean if you want to extrapolate that to the to the OKC game that was half a bad performance half a good performance with a good result so uh, again, it it just speaks volumes that we're nowhere near the finished article. We're nowhere near where we want to be. But I mean, given that we've had, you could say, two and a half really, really poor performances, and we're three and two. I think I think yeah, I don't I think all the freakouts and all the paranoia is unfounded, at least for now. So I don't know if that's relevant to what we were just speaking about, but something that I noticed nevertheless. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of freaking out going on. I will admit. I, as a diehard Celtics fan, I am partial to those freakouts myself, but um, it, it's good to have, uh, I guess, intelligent comments like uh, the one that you just presented, Jackson, to sort of Thank ground you. us all and you know, let us know that it is early days and we probably shouldn't freak out. I'd love to disagree with you and have a nice uh, meaty argument about why we should all be, you know, holding onto our ankles and freaking out, but uh, I don't think we're there yet. Um, yeah, no, I was going to agree that I think it's like a little bit too early to tell. Yeah. I mean, if we're like 15 games in and we're like nine and six and we're still having, like, we're just stealing some wins from like other teams mm-hmm. and we're having like these shaky quarters, then I'd start being kind of nervous, but I think it's a little bit too early to tell. Just give them some time with Gordon Hayward coming back and I think it all should come together pretty soon. Hopefully. Yeah, no, I agree. Now a quick quote from Kyrie Irving sort of speaks to the kind of stuff we've just been talking about so after the game uh, yesterday against OKC he was quoted as saying when we're not on the same page we're very very bad I think we want to err on the side of being one and being together and playing well together it's just a lot better basketball that way and it starts with me too which uh, we, we talked about the alpha before. We, we talked about the best players on the team. We, we didn't even really talk about Kyrie Irving, which is weird. And I, I don't want to go off too much on a, a Kyrie tangent because 
I guess he's coming back from injury and sort of like Irving, we, we should temper our expectations accordingly. But, I mean, he he really is that sort of figurehead, I think, rather than Tatum, that everything sort of should sort of funnel out of. And we're not seeing that yet. We see flashes of it. But uh, I really think that once he starts to hit his stride and, and you know, not only figure out, um, you know, how to play like the old Kyrie, but, you know, whether or not he wants to wear the headband or not and <laughs> all the important <laughs> things. The Definitely not the headband. <laughs> Shave the fro, yeah. wear the headband. Yeah, whatever, whatever works, Kyrie. But <laughs> I think once he starts to, to find his rhythm and, and lead the team, sort of um, like verbally and emotionally, but also like basketball-wise as well, I think really that's that's when we're going to start to to hit our stride and, and people will fall into their roles like uh, Hayward as sort of the secondary second in command and, and Horford as sort of this all round guy that he's kind of always been. I, I think it starts with Kyrie and will trickle down from there. So look out for that and, and look out for the ensuing success. That, that's my take. Yeah. I, I, I believe he's definitely coming. I believe we were going to get, we're going to get more like what we saw last year. Very, very shortly. I don't know when, I don't know what it's going to take or, or anything like that, but um, I mean, call it blind faith, but I believe, I believe the Kyrie Irving that we all know and, and want is still in there and he's coming out sooner or later. So just got to sort ourselves out and we'll be right. Yeah. He got off to a shaky start last year too, if you remember. So yeah. Um, not as bad as a start as this year, mm-hmm. but it'll come. Uh, pretty soon you saw like glimpses of it during like the Knicks game in the mm-hmm. first quarter he had like three or two or three steals in the beginning and then Knicks had to call a timeout and you're like oh man Kyrie's back uh, and then he started to like shoot and miss <laughs> but um and then third quarter last night you saw it as well uh that he started making his turnaround shots and all those crazy shots where you say oh my god it's Uncle Drew <laughs> and all that but um yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely coming soon I agree yeah absolutely so hopefully a little bit more of that in time but look it's time for the reddit recap portion of this podcast all right so we're looking at the post game or next day post game thread now it can be difficult to find some constructive comments to review at a time where the team is is playing as poorly as they are um Having said that, it's difficult to to find constructive feedback when they're playing really well as well. It's it's generally a very sort of emotional reaction on Reddit. Although we did trawl through the uh, the post game thread and we we found a couple of comments that we thought that were worth shouting out. So use a big Australian boat said uh, we got lucky in the fourth that Westbrook is who he is and decided to take a ton of contested shots. Seriously, he single handedly lost that game, uh, which. To be fair, I think it's something that I read before I started preparing for this podcast and, and sort of sent me down that that avenue of, of I guess, not blaming, but but thanking Westbrook for this. Uh, this <laughs> yeah, likewise. I don't think the coach is blameless either, Billy Donovan. I think he's I think he's uh, not very good. And I, obviously, you want to put the, 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 the players are the ones who take the mantle of it all. But I mean, I think, yeah, like I said, I keep repeating this ad nauseum. I think a decent, well-coached, confident team would have just put that game to bed so yeah thanks thanks Westbrook I don't really like Billy Donovan either that much I think I saw him like stand up twice from his chair and it was to complain about like a foul call <laughs> yeah. but he doesn't look like he's involved at all in the actually coaching yeah. so I don't, I don't know he doesn't look like he wants to be there so I'm, I'm, looking, yeah. at, I'm looking at Westbrook's stats and okay 15 rebounds great eight assists awesome it's what you want from your point guard but then 13 points on five for 20 shooting yeah. Uh, a plus minus of minus five and five turnovers and five personal fouls. 
I guess if this were the Thunder Reddit podcast, we'd be talking about how he's coming back from injury and, of course, we should temper our expectations <laughs> and all the things we've been saying about Hayward and Kyrie. Um, yeah. But there's a there's a chucker element to Westbrook that we don't see from our guys, and that's really what stands out, I think. So yeah. good call out from Big Australian Boat. I think he sees just... Real quick, I think I think he sees himself in that elite, elite, elite bracket of players, and I think him watching Steph Curry do what he did the day before, he thought, I've, "I'm capable of that. I can get that in." And <laughs> yep. I think it's very, very ill-advised too. So, um, yeah. I just think Westbrook is such an overrated player. Like, I just, I just want to say that right now. I, I really don't like. I think he's good. Obviously, we all know he's good. Uh-huh. But I don't think you can put him like in that elite category. I really don't. I think he's overrated. Yeah, uh, he certainly had moments. Like he had his MVP season, oh, yeah. where it was it was difficult to argue that he wasn't the best player. But he he doesn't seem to be able to get it done on on his own, yeah. right? Like Durant was yeah. definitely the guy when they played together, and and maybe Westbrook is the reason that he decided to move on from that team. But like he's too yeah. selfish, and he, he's a, such a poor decision maker. So he's got a, a good skill set, but he doesn't use it well enough. I still find it hilarious that his MVP season was all built on the basis of he averaged a triple double. And triple. like, how can you deny this this greatness? The very next season, the very next season, he did it again. No one gave a shit. Literally, no one cared. It was just, it was like, yeah. I think a, a triple double is great individually, but like, and it's an amazing achievement. Again, I'm 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 not fucking gonna sit here and say Russell Westbrook's bad or anything, but like, it's yeah. just it just shows how flawed that that MVP campaign was based on triple doubles when he did it again the next season he was nowhere near the conversation so it's a funny one and he's like i think he's, he's like built for a triple double too if you think about it yeah. he has explosion off his like first step he should be able to get to the rim just score he can jump really high just like his athleticism is just crazy so he's getting the rebounds and all that like i think he's just personally just built for triple doubles and it just comes naturally to him yeah, I, I don't think he really puts much effort into it as like people think. That that's a fair call out. Fortunately for us, he's not always built for wins, so we we got away with it. With a good <laughs> one in this, in this sense. Now, user nab underscore karma writes: It's early, and Haywood and Kyrie are clearly learning while trying to get back into basketball shape. But I'm really feeling like playing Brown and Haywood together isn't a great idea. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, already called hey. out. Now he says. He or she says, "We'll see." But Hayward with Morris or Hayward with Smart looks like it gives us gives sorry Hayward more freedom and space. Brad is trying a ton of different lineup combinations right now. It will be interesting to see what he does. So really, just sort of reiterating, <laughs> I guess some of the points that we've already made. But um, it's a good call out. I think Brad has a lot of work to do in terms of um, managing the rotations and and the the, like, the basketball playmaking relationships between all the players on the court. So yeah, interesting times. I think I think we'll probably see that lineup change that we were talking about with like Baines coming back in. I I wonder if we'll see that against Detroit, and if we don't, then we play him again, and then the Bucks. I think when's the next like kind of average team yeah, we play? Do we play Phoenix um, soon? I think. I wonder if we'll just see some. Well, Pistons are undefeated, right? They are, yeah. So that's why I think we'll probably so. stick with the starting five for that. But I think sooner or later we're just we're starting to play some teams that we might. If yeah. after the Pacers, the Nuggets, the but yeah, no, it's not for a while. So <laughs> I'm going to abandon that point. But the, yeah, I think the Nuggets sooner and Jazz or later, are yeah. pretty solid. I think the Nuggets and Jazz are pretty solid for like teams that we're facing next. But I think Aaron Baines, hopefully, if he comes back from injury, will be a huge in like the Piston, uh, two Pistons games that we have. Yeah. Um, with Andre Drummond. He's just a beast. Um, we're going to need Aaron Baines. I think he's actually like going to be missed a lot if he doesn't come back soon. Uh, I think he's like a big part of 
not only like our rebounding but our offense he's always getting rebounds um and i don't think it shows a lot but it's not like someone it's like al horford like last year how you didn't notice like how he's doing so much i think it's same with aaron baines as well yeah he he's the he's we miss him for like the dirty work aspect because like as good as marcus yep. smart is like you know you can put him up against andre drummond he's not going to be very effective whereas baines definitely could be and like i was worried that steven adams yesterday was going to have like a double double and dominate us but like there's not really yeah. onto his game that we can figure out but yeah no doubt having baines back is going to be massive on both ends of the floor I really hope Baines is back just so I can yell like Australian quips at him from the bench two rows back yeah. uh, tomorrow <laughs> in Detroit. So we're in a cu- we're in a Cobra and bring a big inflatable kangaroo just to, just yeah. to make sure he yeah. sees it. Yeah. Import some VB, bring it with me, throw Absolutely. him a throw him a couple of cool ones. Um, now I, I think one of you guys added this to the um, to the run sheet, so it's by user in Oxlade I trust. Uh, do any of you guys want to read this one out? But I'll I'll read it because I put it on there. Sure. Uh, a couple of things stood out. Uh, without Baines, our backup centers are pretty rough. Semi and Tice just haven't played well yet this year. I would really like to see Brad show some faith in Williams if Bane continues continues to sit out. Kyrie and Brown have not received the software update yet. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie is still searching for his shot to fall, and Jalen is still searching for his role, which we've talked about before. Uh-huh. Uh, he seemed to be featured a bit more in the offense, but couldn't take advantage. Uh, once those two get to figure out, it's going to be scary. I just put that in there because I want. I kind of want to talk about like the backup defenders a little bit. Mm-hmm. Semi, we haven't seen like much of this year, but um, when I look at his stats, he has like plus five in terms of like, um, what do you call it? His um, he's plus minus. Yeah, it's plus minus. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so he he's doing like good stuff, but I don't really know why he put Semi in there. But um, Tice is coming off injury, <laughs> um, so we haven't really seen his what what he's uh, capable of. Sure, I think. I think honestly, I thought Tice played pretty well in the minutes that he got for what he what the team needed at mm. the time. Yeah, you can tell um, that Tice is like slowly, just like the other you know previously injured guys. You can tell that he's sort of slowly building back up to his his regular level of play, but it's going to take yeah. some time, I think. He got a couple alley oops and would like kind of jump late. Like he just seemed like his time was kind of off, just kind of like uh, Hayward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rhythm. So once he gets that back, the rhythm's definitely gonna take some time to build up. I remember last year, like Tice, his his impact on the team really was that offensive rebounding, and you you see flashes of yeah. it. But um, yeah, I mean, you're talking about the the software update and um, <laughs> just getting everyone, I guess, on the same version. Uh, that's once that happens, um, and everyone's to continue the software analogy compatible with one another. I think that's you know. Like, this is uh, so your later, wheelhouse, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Software and basketball. Yeah. I work for a tech company, people. Uh, yeah. No, once, uh, once everyone, you know, I'm going to say it again, gets on the same version, it's going to be, it's going to be powerful stuff. I, I really look forward to it. So, I mean, it's a good call out, and it's a, actually a really good analogy, a good way of, um, of, of illustrating the issues at the moment. So, um, I mean, getting back to Chase, the the big man on our team, we haven't really seen a lot of sleepy Bob Williams yet. Do you, do you see a spot for him in this rotation yet? Or do you think it's going to be a little while before he, uh, before he hops on the court? I saw a new nickname for him. He's like the Time Lord now. Oh, yeah. yeah thanks to yeah, me well, Celtics uh, Twitter. <laughs> where did that, where yeah. did that come from? I'm so out of the loop. Someone would so I think, like, I think he was like always like, not on time for his plane. Ah, like, oh, like of that. course. So called him like the time. Yeah, that's obvious now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I was talking about uh, talking about earlier how Williams he was in the uh, Raptors series, I believe, right? Where mm-hmm. we made kind of like a run to come back when he was in the lineup, and I thought he was playing really well. 
Um, he was playing good defense. He, I believe, had two block shots. And we were going on a run, but then Brad took him out. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I thought, honestly, leaving him in, leaving him in there would have been really beneficial for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't really seen much of him since then. And I think we should. I think especially with Baines out, seeing some of uh, Sleepy, Sleepy Williams would be really good for the team. Yeah, having Baines out, you definitely would have expected to see Williams in there. So it's weird that we haven't. But um, yeah, now, like, again, I, I, whenever I'm in doubt, I fall back on the trust Brad Stevens sort of uh, <laughs> level there. So, like, I mean, the way that we've ma- he's managed rookies in his tenure so far has been exceptional if we don't, if we leave James Young out of the conversation, that is. But yeah, everyone else's his development has been excellent <laughs> and they've been handled quite well. So I'm not, I'm not freaking out. I think, he, I think when he starts to play, I think the time's going to be right. And I don't think... I, I don't think Brad is keeping a decent player that he believes in out of the out of the, the rotation purely for whatever reason it, that, that doesn't involve winning a basketball game is involved. You know, I think I think he'll play when he's ready when Brad believes he's ready. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. I'd love to see more of him uh, sooner rather than later. Now, looking ahead to the Celtics schedule, we've got the home and home against the Pistons coming up. So tomorrow in Detroit, and then a couple of days later, we've got Detroit uh, visiting us in Boston. And then the Bucks and the Pacers and the Nuggets. So we've got some really talented teams that that's we're coming a, up against. That's a so. big few games, really, isn't it? That's like yeah. this could really yeah, make. Or, I would say make or break the season. But yeah, if we if we can come away like with a positive result of these three, I think our season's well on track. But yeah, if we struggle, then I don't see this changing <laughs> anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. So we went we went two and one against the Pistons last year, according to LandofBasketball.com. Um, very, very credible website. Trust them. Hopefully. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, obviously Blake Griffin had that huge fifty-point game. If we don't get Bainesy back for this first game against Detroit, I'll be slightly concerned about what Drummond can do to us. Although we don't really have the rebounding concerns um, of of past years, but um, that that's definitely a matchup to look for. That Baines versus Drummond, the sort of the battle of the big men. Uh, coming up, but uh, it's definitely an exciting stretch of games. One talented team after another. It feels weird to loop Detroit into that that list of talented teams, but there they are. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be interesting, and hopefully, the second half from that OKC game is a sign of things to come. But I mean, one thing we can say about this team so far this year is that you just you just don't know. But we'll see. Yeah, I think these next two games against the Pistons will be a good test for us. Uh, Blake Griffin, like you said, had the fifty point uh, game. Uh, we got Andre Drummond, just a beast, getting rebounds, especially offensive rebounds. Uh, Reggie Bullock is playing pretty well mm-hmm. for them right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember any of their Ish, Ish Smith. Smith has actually been all right too, from playing, what I'm saying. Yeah, playing pretty good. Um, and they have they have the best center in the league, Zaza Pachulia. Don't forget the reigning NBA coach of the year, Dwayne Casey. Oh, Dwayne oh, yeah. Casey. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I just hope Zaza doesn't injure one of our players. Um, yeah, just I, kicks our players or something. Yeah, I mean, he, he has that sort of tendency, so I really hope that he... Hayward, uh, Hayward better not play. <laughs> yeah, just keep yeah. those two away from each other. <laughs> yeah. All right, so guys, before we wrap this up, we've got some, like we said, some challenging games ahead on the, uh, on the immediate Celtic schedule. Let's talk predictions before we wrap this one up. So Pistons tomorrow. Pistons again a couple of days later. Bucks, Pacers, and Nuggets. What do you guys think, Chase? Um, I'm gonna say we go one-one with the Pistons. I think we'll win tomorrow's game. I hope so. Uh, it's gonna be a close game, but I feel like we'll lose uh, Tuesday's game. I feel like 
at least one of these games, uh, Blake Griffin's just going to go off, and uh-huh. we're just not going to be able to control him, especially if Baines is out, um, and Al Horford can't contain him. I'm going to say we lose against the Bucks. I think Giannis is just on another level right now, and judging from last year's like playoffs, he's taking a huge leap. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Pacers, I'm going to say we win, and I hope... I hope we beat the Nuggets. The Nuggets are a really good team right now. Um, I don't think anyone should underestimate them currently. I, I agree on the, the Nuggets side of things, which is painful for me to say. Um, a mate of mine that lives down the road from me just started the Nuggets Reddit podcast. Shout out to the Nuggets oh. Reddit podcast. They're only a couple of episodes in, uh, but he is a diehard Nuggets fan and supporter and obviously to the point where he's run this podcast. So it's probably for me the most important game of the season <laughs> just because I need to be able to hold that over him. So uh, predictions from me, uh, I think that we beat the Pistons. I think that we, in both games, I, I think that we continue our momentum on. We, we've kind of got to a point where we need to start really adding some some value to the wins column to separate ourselves from sort of the mid-tier, lower-tier teams in the East. I think that we're capable of beating the season, uh, the Pistons rather back-to-back. The Bucks, out of all those games, I think is the one that we're most likely to lose. That sort of that coach Budenhauser, uh, Giannis, Antetokounmpo combination is is powerful. And um, we all remember Chris Middleton from, from the playoffs last year. We know what he can do against us. So I think that's the, the most risky game, and I, I feel I'm, I'm probably the mo- more comfortable predicting a loss there. And the Pacers, I, I think we'll knock them out. We have to establish ourselves as a, as a better team than them in the East, and that's, it's kind of an important game in that sense in establishing our, our presence in the conference. The Nuggets, like I've said, uh, I can't back the Nuggets, even if deep down I feel like they might beat us. So we're, we're going to beat the hell out of the Nuggets. That, that's me, Jackson. I'm on board. Got? If you remember, actually, in our... Um, you weren't here for this, Chase, sorry. But if you remember our preseason uh, nuclear takes, I said something <laughs> on the lines of October 28th at Detroit will be the start of our 19-0 and unbeaten run. I oh, said, yeah, that's right. I said that. <laughs> yeah. I said that. And I'm yeah. still standing with it, damn it. But I am not confident <laughs> at all. Not confident at all. I think I'm actually... Yep. If I'm real, take a step back from that. Realistically, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think I, I see us going three and two over these next five oh, games. Yeah. But I, honest uh-huh. to God, I have no idea which ones we win and which ones we don't. I could see uh-huh. us going two and zero against. I could see us going two and zero against Detroit and beating the Bucks, and then losing the Pacers, losing the Nuggets. I could see us going one and one with the Detroit, losing the Bucks, and then winning the next two. I could see us losing the first two, winning the next three. I, I just don't know at this stage. I really don't. Yeah. And I think if Baines is out, it throws it more. But if we can, if Baines can be back for at least one of those Detroit games, we'll definitely get one of them. Um, yeah. the Bucks at home is going to be a real test. Indiana on the road is going to be a test, and the Nuggets on the road. It's I I I'm going to say three and two. Don't even try and tell me which ones we win, which ones we don't. I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like three and two is what it's going to be. Yeah, so. I actually think you have like a really good point. Now that you say that, it's like we don't know what Celtics team is going to come out of these games. Yeah, it's I know, right? Like the team that we've been seeing is like these last four games, or it's going to be the team where we saw last year where they're just dominating teams. Yeah. So I don't know. Like who we're gonna beat or who we're gonna lose against. I do think we go three and two, but like like you said, we can lose against like the worst team ever and then beat like the best team. So I agree. Alright. That'll just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. If you haven't heard me say it a thousand times, I'm gonna be at the game in Detroit tomorrow night, just two rows behind the Celtics bench, proudly wearing a Celtics Reddit podcast t-shirt. Go follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod for updates during the game and look out for our show the next day 
Uh, we'll post it on Self-Credit, obviously, which will have lots of videos and extra content from behind the bench, uh, which will be nice. Chase, thanks so much for coming on, mate. It's been, it's been great to have you. Thanks very much. No problem, man. Anytime. Great. Look forward to doing it again sometime. And, of course, Jackson, thanks again as always. We'll see you in a couple of days, mate. Pleasure as always. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thanks, everyone. Go Celtics. Peace. Go Celtics. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>